Today, I'm sitting down with Nicholas Reed, who is the founder of 253 Media. They specialize in website design for Webflow websites as well as Shopify websites, and they've served over 150 clients with anywhere between six to nine figure brands. So they know a lot about websites. And today we're gonna be diving deep into websites, conversion rate, Shopify, friction points, and learning more on how you can improve your website. So we're gonna be diving into all of that and more on today's podcast. I'm Nikita from aspectagency.com, and let's get into it. Hey, Nick, what's going on? Thanks for jumping on the podcast. I know we're uh, Nashville locals and I really wanted to get you on since you're also in the e-com agency space. What's going on? Yeah, man, dude, I'm I'm stoked to be here. It's going to be a fun one. Um, I'm I'm honestly surprised we didn't try to do this in person, though. I, I think I feel like we need to build out a studio for this now. Yeah, at this point, we it it has it's not that big yet, but once it does, it, a studio is definitely in play. Um, Bro, dream big. Yeah, dream big before we know it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, for all those that aren't really familiar with Nick and what he does, he's wearing all of the company merch with all the company swag in the background. He's at he's managing two five three media, who specializes in website design for Webflow and Shopify. Can you tell the people a little bit about what you do? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, I, I had to come here prepared. You know, all all two five three everything. It's the vibe <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, for everyone who doesn't know, you know who I am, what we do, um, I run two five three media. Um, we specialize in building, you know, Webflow Shopify sites from the ground up for, you know, small, medium, big brands. Um, pretty much anything you can think of, we've touched. We've worked with more than 150 different brands, um, 20 something different industries. So we've done a little bit of everything. Um, we've been in business since 2017. So we've seen a lot. We've done a lot. We used to be full service actually doing ads. We've done email, we've done content. We've done everything. Um, so we know how everything works, which I think is a pretty unique aspect of 253 and like how we operate. Um, but as of now, we only offer offer website work, um, which is great. There's not a ton of people who come from the ad side and go to the website side. It's usually the opposite. Um, so it definitely gives us a pretty unique perspective on you know how sites are built, how they like I guess function in the ecosystem of of marketing. So definitely a unique thing about us. I'd say that's probably like the best way to describe us is we have it because we have a, a unique angle to it. Yeah, it's funny because we have a lot of similarities in that sense where we're both ads agencies or full service agencies that split off into their own like niche <laughs> services. Like I did that. I did the same thing, but split off into email. You did the same thing and split off into websites. What made you specifically make that pivot or shift into just websites? Yeah, good question. So there, there were like, there was there wasn't really one big like, we're doing this because of this. There were there were a few things that really went together. You know, the, the biggest thing for us is that like we wanted to stay within like our zone of genius, right? We wanted to say what what we're really really good at. We were good at ads. We were okay at content, but we weren't like really good at it. I'm not a content person like that. Okay, scrap that. I have no <laughs> idea how to even think about that, how to sell it, how to you know scale that ads though for us it was just one of those things that um ios 14 happened we were doing okay we were kind of struggling we had a lot of the brands that we were working with were okay they weren't like necessarily like our ideal client right um so for us it was just like hey let's actually evaluate what we're doing here let's put our resources into one thing um and the, the biggest reason there was because we had so many different services we couldn't really market one of them we were you know spread a mile thin instead of going a mile deep. And what the problem was, was that 
we, we try to market, we try to build content around different things. Our messaging was all over the board. And so it was really tough to be known as like, we are the website people or we are the ads people. We weren't a huge agency at the time. So it kind of made it tough. Like there's agencies out there have a hundred people that are huge that have, you know, the, the resources to market a ton of stuff. But at that time we didn't have the resources to put out content in a way that we could really market ourselves and position ourselves as like the go-to for everything. So we wanted to just be the go-to for something instead of everything. And we were good at websites. We had a good website team and we've been able to really develop our team to go from good to great because we were able to focus on one thing. Um, and it's crazy. Like, and I guess on that note, it's, it's so crazy to me, like looking back projects we did, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, even a year ago and, and seeing like how much this focus of dropping all those services and just focusing on one thing, like how much of an impact that has had and like, just our quality of work, our our customer quality, our communication quality, because we've been able to just dial in one thing. It's crazy how that works, but that was really the, the big deciding factor is we wanted to be like good at one thing. Eventually we'll add, add another stuff, but for now it's dial in one thing. Yeah, absolutely hit the nail on the head with that point of diving a mile deep instead of a mile wide, because we switched over into email about six to eight months ago, almost, if anything, a year ago, we t started taking it more seriously. And it's been nothing but rainbows and butterflies, you know, <laughs> um, because client quality has been in increasing. So better, higher caliber clients, they respect what we do instead of saying like, okay, we're good on email, but also like slitting our throats on the ad side. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the amount of improvement on the work side, like the designs are stellar, like they're converting, the copy's great, everything is on par. So it's just, it's been great. Everyone's like, oh, you got to do this. You got to offer everything. But it's like, no, I think it's a good way to play it out if you're beginning. Like, like if you're in survival mode, like do as many things as possible so that way you can get your feet wet into like every different marketing aspect and yeah. see how it works within itself. And then narrow down to like what you're the best at. So it's really good. But you transition from ads to website. How was that transition? Like how long did that take? And like what did you have to do in order to like make that transition fully? Because ours was a mess. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm gonna scare some people here. Probably myself, probably you. Um, so that transition happened in about 24 hours. We decided one day that we're done. <laughs> and we were done. That was it. Like we're done. We're going to lose money for a while until we build this apartment, but we're done. We're just going to do one thing now. And it was definitely not like a slow, gradual change. It was all in like full set. Yeah. It, you know, looking back on it, very scary. Probably wouldn't have done it quite that way again. But, um, you know, that's just what we decided to do. It, was, it made more sense to stop dumping resources into that all, all at once and just, just go with what we wanted to do. It was a good decision. For sure. Definitely took a little time to like build that up. Um, but good decision for sure. And, and I totally agree, you know, starting out, try a lot of different stuff or when you're in survival mode, do what you got to do. Right. But once you're out of survival mode and then you're in scale mode, it's okay. Don't do that. Like we say no more than we say yes, which is pretty cool. So when we put it in that perspective, it's like, okay, once you find your groove, you find your rut, then it's time to, to stay in your rut um, until you're out. And then you can then you can start jumping in other ruts too, which is cool. Yeah, it's funny because I have the same thing with saying no 
more than saying yes. Cause I have people really? saying like, Oh, you know, doing SMS is just like doing like notifications. I'm like, no, it's not, uh, we're not doing that. You know, we're not handling that. So when you were transitioning, you just completely cut all your like ad clients same day, not even like a hey, yeah. 30 day notice now. Uh, well, okay. So I guess in that sense, kind of, yeah, we actually transitioned them over to a couple of other agencies. Some, some clients were just not good clients. So we're like, Hey, sorry, we're done. Like you're done. We're done. <laughs> Um, and then don't show your face here again. (laughs) Yeah. Basically it's like, don't call me block. Um, no, not really. I mean, we, we were nice about it. Um, and you know, there, when you have a relationship like that, like everybody knows, right? Like very rarely are there clients where like, you know, as an agency, you want to get rid of the client. They're going to be like, they're not going to be shocked. They're gonna be like, yeah, okay. We get it too. Right. That's just how it goes. But, um, yeah, I mean, we had, we had a couple of clients. We, we transitioned over to other agencies, depending on on what they were doing, what they needed, and stuff. Um, and then some of them, we you know said, "Hey, like this isn't working. We're we're done." So we we definitely didn't just like you know leave it out to dry like that. We weren't like that. Um, but it was it was a decision like, "Hey, we're we're doing this," and then we took the necessary steps to to implement that. It wasn't like a, we're going to go half in, half out. We're not going to push ads, or we're just going to like let this teeter off. It was like we're we're taking action today. Yeah. I had the same thing. I think it was like a, over a weekend. I was like, why are we doing this? And then following Monday, it was like, okay, we're doing We're cutting everything off. I tried to do a week offboarding. It didn't work. I uh, tried nope. to do two weeks and they're like, we need 30 days. I'm like, okay, 30 days. We'll give you 30 days. And luckily it was a successful offboarding. But after that, yeah. it was nothing but smooth sailing on just the email side. And it was great. I wish I could say it was smooth sailing for us. It was not. Um, but now it's smooth sailing. So when you're, I, I think in, when you, when you're transitioning from stuff to a different like aspect of a business, you know, email and ads go pretty hand in hand from a growth standpoint, ads and website, it's two very different angles. And yeah. so for us, the nice thing was that we had, we already had a decent reputation for website work, which was cool. So then it was just like, okay, what can we do to do that? But I mean, it was, it was scary, man. Like I'm, I'm jealous. It was smooth sailing for you, but for us, it was scary because a lot of our revenue was coming from ads. And so dropping that, it was like, uh, what do we do? Where, where's this extra money coming from? Like we have, you know, office to pay for, we've got employees to pay for. Like, so it was not all smooth sailing, but in the end, like it worked out. So it's like, we're, we're good now, but I wasn't uh, saying smooth was... sailing as like, a like I wasn't eating out of a trough. It was smooth sailing. <laughs> it was, uh, we definitely had to like, let go of like three to four people. Um, mm. we dropped like 10 K in revenue. So yeah, which was like a third, I guess I would consider smooth sailing as in I can pay myself. I can pay employees and I can cover expenses break even at, at the worst, if not like maybe lose a couple G's, but like, that's still yeah. just like one month. Not one. terrible. Yeah. Not bad. Going back to websites. Now that you're an expert at the craft, like what's like the first thing you look at when you're auditing a website? Yeah, man. Um, kind of depends on the kind of brand, right? Let, let's for this conversation, we'll, we'll stick to Shopify. That's probably the easier conversation. We start getting to like service or SaaS, that opens a whole different can of worms. So we'll, we'll stick to e-com for this one. Um, but, you know, obviously when we're looking at it from the outside, it's what's broken. Does it make sense? Do I know what you sell? Like, it's surprising to me, like how many clients don't, we don't know what they sell when you just look at it quickly. Stuff like that. So once your foundation is set, it's like, okay, well, what are we missing? What are we not talking about in your messaging that you should be? What are your ads and email talking about that your website's not talking about? 
those are problems. So we can start seeing all that without even like going into like analytics or anything like that. But for us, like the biggest thing to look at is what are your analytics telling us? Once you start getting into analytics, like I'm kind of an analytic nerd. That's where I start to see issues arise. And the crazy thing, man, is like, there's some sites that you'll see convert like crazy. And you look at the actual site and you're like, there's no way that this site does this. It happens, right? Like that's an actual thing. What's even crazier than that is like when you start to make the changes to make it look prettier, a lot of times conversions will actually go down. And so that's a, that's an interesting game that we play a lot of is like, okay, well, our conversions are really good. Sure. We can do some stuff to, to, to tweak it, but at the same time, like it doesn't have to be pretty. The goal here isn't to be the pretty people. The goal here is to make money. So it is kind of a, a fine line that we walk there, but when it comes to analytics, I mean, we look at pretty much the standard stuff that, that most e-com people are looking at for ads, and email. Also, we're looking at obviously your conversion rate. Um, we break it down a little bit. I call it our, like our conversion rate breakdown um, and like the, like a trickle down effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so we look at that quite a bit. Um, obviously we look at like, you know, returning customer rates. We look at average order value, stuff like that. Um, but the biggest thing for us, honestly, is, is really breaking down like your conversion rate breakdown. So you have your add to carts, your checkouts, your actual purchases. What does that look like? How can we fix that? Honestly, like a lot of the time, especially for brands that like, you know, we look at their site, it's like, okay, your, your site's good, right? You don't have like crazy drastic errors or anything like that. A lot of times though, we start to see like, where are people being sent? Are they being sent to a homepage? Are they being sent to like some random page? We had a conversation last week where they were sending them to like some random page. And it's like, why are you doing that? That makes zero sense. That's not what that's even for. Like, what are you doing? Of course, it's not going to convert because it's going to take them a couple clicks to even get anywhere. Right. So like, what are you doing? So a lot of times we start to see stuff like that. So we start to break down, you know, pages being traffic, time on page, stuff like that too. say, okay, well, we have a site. It's good. There's not really any like foundational problems. What can we do to make the most about it? So we, we really look at it from like a really holistic, um, like a holistic like growth strategy standpoint. Um, with a lot of our clients, that's kind of like the the position we're taking now, right? We're, we're thinking our, of ourselves as more of like a growth partner versus just, hey, we need your, your website to hand off, right? We want to be there to help you out with the strategy. We want to be there to think about, you know, these other agencies you're working with, whether it's email, whether it's ads, whatever, how can they all work together and how can we work together with them to make sure that your website's really dabbling with them? Because that's a big thing also. Like the closer you can get, you know, your emails, for example, to match your website, that's that's a thing that people don't really think about too much, but that right there makes a big difference. And so maybe your site's converting pretty well already. Maybe you don't have any like weird errors or like, you know, mishaps on the site. Okay, cool. But maybe we're not making the most out of out of those growth channels because of X, Y, or Z. And so then we can start really thinking about that. And so that's the other places we look. It's like, okay, where are you sending people? What are you talking about? Where can we make that conversation be a little bit more seamless? Because that's the kind of stuff that's really going to bring out the conversions. And at the end of the day, that's that's what our, our we, we care about, right? We, we care about profitability. We care about conversions, average order value. That's about it. So those are the things that, that we really care about. Besides from that, I mean, everything else is kind of vanity at that point. Because like, you know, your your revenue, like your returning customer rate, those are more levers that like other people need to pull. Re- revenue is really tied to traffic, right? So we can make the website as good as possible. But if you have one person go to your site, like you're not going to make a lot of money unless you're selling a product that's worth a lot of money. 
you know, that's a big thing also. So we started to look at like how much traffic are you getting? We can start seeing, do you need more traffic? Do we need less traffic? How's our retention? So we can start balancing that compared to like our return customer rate. So there's a lot that we look at. Just kind of depends on on what, I guess, what stage of, of life the brand is at. Also, that's a pretty big factor. Yeah, so, there's a lot. a lot. It's a lot. It's definitely a, a big long-winded answer that I'd say not enough like e-com brands think about when they're talking about a website design. And uh, like, personally, I'm going through that myself with the rug business with Rachel. And um, so it's like trying to design that and and get that up to works. So I'll be definitely considering on looking into that later. But the big thing you mentioned to to me was like, yeah, you can make the site pretty, but the conversion rate will go down. So it's all about the analytics and seeing how we can balance that. I was going to say like, when it comes to conversion rate, friction is the biggest bottleneck to conversion. Is there anything that you guys do on your end to reduce that friction when it comes to working on a website like for e-comic, for example? Yeah, there, there's a few things that, um, I mean, every site's different, but there are, there are definitely a few things that we see like pretty regularly where it's like, okay, that's something we see on 80% of sites or whatever. A few big things that we look at create friction, key information being hard to find. That's an easy thing. So like if you had a site that you built like a couple years ago in Shopify, you didn't really do much. It was just very basic you probably just have this like massive description somewhere on your product page. That's just like a huge block of text. Literally nobody's going to read that zero people, 0% of your traffic will read that. There's probably a lot of information in there that they need to know in order to make a buying decision. And so for us, like the, the best way to think about how we build is what does your customer need to know in order to make an educated buying decision? That's it. Is this a, they have a problem. B is this the product for them due to the reason why they have this problem is this product going to solve this problem that's really it right there is no nothing else that needs to be on the site other than that how you present that is where we come in the design right so reducing friction by making it designed in a way that will actually encourage people to read stuff no one's going to read three paragraphs in a row but they might read a big heading some bullet points they might look at a couple icons to get the point across so that's how we how we do that. That's that's a pretty big friction point that we see. Other things are like shipping. Like I'm not going to beat the horse here to say like where's your free shipping? Like everyone knows that. That's kind of an obvious thing at this point. But, you know, so you can do stuff like in-cart shipping thresholds. That's a big thing that we see work on I don't think we've had a, a store have that not help. Actually, mm-hmm. now to think about it, like stuff like that, it makes a big difference because you're you're really helping your customer have a better experience. Nobody wants to pay for shipping. Like it's a crazy stat. It's literally seventy eight percent of people will pay more to not pay for shipping. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I will always do that. Everybody does that. Seventy eight percent of people do it. And so, what can we do to to make that easier? Because what's going to happen? Maybe like this, if you don't know when you're getting free shipping, or maybe you're just like not really paying attention, if you didn't see the banner at the top or whatever, you're going to add the cart. Let's say you have a free shipping threshold. Let's, let's just say it's a hundred bucks. Let's say you add $65 to your cart. This is all I want. Cool. Now I'm going to go all the way to checkout, get shipping. I don't want to pay for shipping. So I'm going to have to go all the way back. I'm going to have to go find more products. I don't want to take the time to do that. I only had, I only had two minutes. I'm running out of time now. I'm just going to abandon my cart and come back later. You lost. Sorry. So things that we can do to to get people to add more to the cart to get those free shipping thresholds. That's a pretty easy thing that reduces friction also because shipping is a pretty big, pretty big friction point. 
So stuff like that we can really do. But really, man, like as far as like reducing friction goes, it's it's how easy is it to find the product that's going to solve my needs. So, you know, and then once you find the product to answer questions, right? When I think yeah. about an FAQ page, I think about the FAQ page is the p- page that people go to who are lazy. Realistically, you shouldn't need an FAQ page. Those questions should be on your product pages, on your collection, on your on your cart, on your homepage. Like that info should be in those places that people are actually looking versus having to go to the FAQ page. But what we do though, this is a pretty good like pro tip for people. We start looking at like what questions people are looking at on the FAQ page. Like when we go into Hotjar, we see a lot of people are clicking on, you know, question four, answer four, whatever. That's a pretty good indicator that we need to improve those other pages with that information because it's not hard. It's not accessible until we get to the FAQ page. A lot of people have that question. Not everyone's going to click the FAQ page. Maybe they're just going to be like, eh, I don't really know, but if this project is for me, I'll go find another one. So we can take that and apply that to other places. It's just going to help reduce confusion. Confusion is friction. Therefore, friction is gone. People are going to purchase more. So stuff like that, we really look for just ease of use. Is this the right product for me? That's it. Yeah, it really boils down to those, I guess, simple three things where it's like ease of use, easy to navigate, and is the right information being portrayed. I like the, the pro tip of you can see the hot jar information or like the heat map information on the question that's being most asked, because then you can reintroduce that in the content earlier so they don't have to keep going back and forth. And exactly. it's also you can see like the biggest objection that most people have when they click on that question. Exactly. And a lot of times it's not even an objection. It's more of like, what's your return policy? Like simple stuff like that. Like if if people don't know your return policy on clothes, oh, especially like pants. One. Yeah. Like if they don't know your return policy on pants, like who's going to order those? I'm going to try my pants on. I don't try my shirts on, but I'm going to try my pants on. Right. So when we think of it that way, like people need to know that kind of stuff. It doesn't necessarily need to be like product specific, but it needs to be brand specific. That's the thing that people are going to know or not know. They're not going to order if they don't know. So a lot of it comes down to like buyer confidence. I guess it's probably a, a good way to to sum that up. Yeah, definitely. I guess I, I always ask this, but why should people take their website seriously? <laughs> it's a <laughs> stupid question. question. But Oh, yeah. no, it's not a stupid question. There's no stupid questions. Um, and I'll, I will answer your question with my favorite example. So let's say you're doing easy number. Let's say you're, you're, your brand is doing 100K a month. Let's say your conversion rate is right dab, you know, in the middle of Shopify average 1.5%. Cool. Great. You're average. Let's say we can get you up to, you know, a 3% conversion rate. That's still not top 10%. I think that's like top 25% of stores, something like that, which again, relative, like people listening to this, take that with a grain of salt. Every brand is very unique. Some brands convert like crazy. Some brands, a high conversion is actually really low. So just to keep that in mind, but let's say we can get you up to a 3%, making your site twice as efficient. Your email stays the same, your ads stay the same, whatever else stays the same, like all else being equal, you just doubled your revenue because you made some tweaks on your site. Now you're doing 200K a month, that's it. Like literally that's that's why someone should should take their website seriously because you can go from 100K to 200K or more simply by improving things on your website to make every single one of those growth channels perform better. And agencies listening to this, if you're an ad agency that's struggling to get like a return, that's an easy fix too. Because let's say you're getting like a 1.5 ROAS, right? Fix fix the site, boom, now your now your ROAS is like 2.5, 3 or more, right? And granted ROAS isn't like a thing that we really look at too much. There's other things at play now, but 
that's a thing. Like that's how those those factor in together. Like ad performance is direct relation to the website. Email back to the website. SMS back to the website. So everything comes back to the website. So if any of those channels are really struggling, a lot of times you can fix your website and make that channel perform a whole heck of a lot better. That's why. Like it's the core. Everything stems out from the website. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's centralized in a way where you kind of have to go through the website in order to check out. Obviously, there's things like Instagram Shop now and TikTok Shop, what have you. Yeah. But that's a completely different story. And that's in platform. But when a person really wants to buy something, they go to the website. I only go through a website personally. And everyone I know goes through a website. No one yeah. goes through Instagram checkout or whatever. I still haven't done so. it yet. It's crazy because I, I see them like pushing out like credits and stuff for it. And people will see, I've, I've seen some stuff on Twitter. that's like, man, people are getting crazy results on it, but I have yet to do it. Granted, I don't really shop on, on like a lot yeah. of e-com stuff. Like there's a few brands that I'll buy from, but, um, it's not really like a, a big shopper in that sense. So probably Amazon example. Oh yeah. Don't, don't even get me started on Amazon. <laughs> it's bad. I need to like delete my credit card out of there to make it like more, more, like more friction. I need more friction on Amazon. So I stop buying. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the same here. I only buy from Amazon if I want to buy something. It's just like, it's easier. Yeah. Frictionless well, experience. Yeah. I mean, there's that, like, it's just, it's easy. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. Like next day delivery or like morning day of kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I, I need it quick. But and and you know, on when it comes to Amazon, I'm buying stuff that's cheaper too. So I'm yeah. I'm a deal shopper for sure. Like, I buy my Ziploc bags there. I buy my olive oil there because it's half the price. So you know, I'm not buying like random crap on Amazon necessarily. I'm not that person. But it usually comes down to fast shipping and best price. So exactly, that's that's tough to beat. <laughs> you can't yeah. really beat that. So let's close this out. What would be the three highest leverage actions that e-com brands can take with their website to like, let's say, improve their CRO or improve their navigation or just overall improve their website? Yeah, let's let's dive into that. And that's going to be a long-winded answer, but we'll, I'll try to condense this as much <laughs> as possible. Um, you know, first things first, like make sure it's not broken. Like there's a lot of things like, especially when you start using apps on, on Shopify, a lot of them break, like just randomly. We had an issue this morning with one of our brands where no one touched anything, like it just stopped working. So like regularly auditing your site, make sure that's like that stuff is working. A lot of times apps will have glitches, like that's a normal thing, right? And so, so making sure things actually function properly regularly, easy win right there. Easy win number two, going back to what I said earlier about shipping thresholds, some brands have free shipping on all products for brands that don't like make sure your customers know that we have literally yet to see a store that, that didn't help. So it literally helps every aspect of the business. It helps average order values. It helps, you know, people actually getting to that free shipping mark, which is good. So again, average order value helps with our conversion rate because people aren't, you know, bummed they're missing free shipping and they don't have to take more time to do that. Um, you know, taking that even a step further, having in-cart upsells to get there. So when you pair things up, if someone's buying like one t-shirt, but they need to buy two t-shirts to get, get there, have it easy to get there. Just boom, one, one or other best-selling t-shirt. There's a lot of ways to do that. There's some apps to do that. You can build a custom, but having something like that is a great way to do that. It makes the, the shopping experience a lot faster for people. That's a big thing also. So, you know, actual like ways to find products, that, making that process faster. That's good. And I think the other, other big thing to think about when, you know, Wanting to improve your site, big leverage point that people can do 
aside from just like, you know, mapping out your information that people need in order to make a purchase. But if you have like a high SKU count, how do people shop? How do people shop for your products? Let's say, for example, clothing brands, an easy example, right? There's a lot of examples we could go through this, but like clothing is an example. You could shop winter products or you could shop men's long sleeve. You could shop, you know, fall or you could shop flannels. There's two different ways to shop the same products. Maybe I, I, I didn't see the flannels, so I'm just going straight to winter or fall or whatever. But giving people a way to buy products the way that they're shopping for, that's a pretty good way to help people find products a little faster. So when we think about like site navigation, there's a lot that goes into that. It's not literally just the navigation at the top, you know, in, in your heading here. It's homepage. How are, how are people scrolling your homepage and able to navigate through your site from there? It's your menu. Yes, your menu does have a big thing, but it's not necessarily just that top line. It's what's actually in your mega menu. Not every brand needs a mega menu, but for high SKU products or high SKU brands, like having a mega menu is a great way to help with navigation, especially when you start breaking it up that way. You know, new releases, best sellers, new fall, limited edition. Like there's so many different ways that we can go into that uh, to help people shop a little bit faster. But then again, giving them ways to find the right product. That's what it comes down to is, is finding the right product and having that buyer confidence to, to get the right product. I would say site navigation and education early on would probably be my, my third big leverage activity. That was a lot of value. Um, I'd say I learned a lot personally. Um, (laughs) thanks again for coming on. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Where can people find you, you, Nick? Everywhere. Enread253. Twitter's probably my, my, my big spot right now. Like most econ people, Twitter, LinkedIn, those are my, my two big places for value. Um, we're also bringing on our our newsletters. That's fun one too. We've got a few of them in in the queue now. Um, lots of good stuff there. Um, I'm really bad at making them. So if anyone's, anyone gets them and they have feedback, like, I'm all ears because I suck at it. But um, yeah, those are, those are probably the three best places to connect um, and learn. I drop a lot of heat when it comes to comes to value there. So Perfect. I'm subscribing right away. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, man. Can't wait I'll for the s- feedback. Awesome, man. Thanks again. And uh, I'll see you in the next one. All right. Sounds good, man. See ya. See ya. Thanks again for joining us on the Scaling E-Commerce Podcast. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review. It really helps out with the algorithm. If you want email marketing tip delivered straight to your inbox on a weekly basis from yours truly, then check out the link below or in the show notes to subscribe and join my newsletter. If you're a D2C brand with at least 10,000 email subscribers and interested in starting a conversation to work together, then go to aspectagency.com and we'd love to chat with you. And if you want to stay up to date with anything email and SMS, just follow me on Twitter at Nikita Vakrushev or check the show notes for the link. With that said, I'm Nikita and I'll see you in the next one.